0: So I'm preaching this morning, as you are aware, and I'm going to read straight from the Bible this morning. We're going to read from 1 Samuel 16, 1 to 13. And it says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesu who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say, and, and say that you will come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which one of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did this as the Lord instructed. And when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied, I have come to sacrifice to to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimea, but Samuel said, neither is this one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And then Samuel asked, are these all your sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheeps and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark. He was handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Today I have named my message in transit. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for what you are doing in this great church. Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you care for us. We thank you that no matter what season you are in, you you give us kips and directions, Lord. And Lord, I pray, open up our hearts and ears to listen from you, Lord. Show us where we need to, to maybe develop in ourselves, Lord, and where we maybe need to take off of the reins and hand them to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. As I recently said, I recently got back from Europe. I had five and a half weeks. Um, with my wife, uh, the worship leader, if you don't know, is my wife, Um, her name's Tiana, Um, she's beautiful, Um, so we went on a dream holiday to Europe, five and a half weeks, and it was fantastic, it was a trip of a lifetime, I saw some amazing places, uh, genuinely some most beautiful places, and it was awesome, and I posted them on my Instagram, if you want to go see, Um, all the highlights, but you see, I posted all the highlights on my Instagram, Transit is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. What I didn't show you was all the planes, trains, buses, and ferries that I had to take to get to these beautiful places. I didn't show them for a reason. They sucked. It was terrible. And I know you might be like, don't complain. I'm telling you, these were some bad experiences. The very first flight, Tiana and I had to go separately. I had to stay back at work um, just to do a few transition things. Um, So Tiana went first, and then I went. So my very first flight, I'm on my flight and I am next to these germaphobe, gothic, angry human beings. And I'm like, I'm just stuck in the window and they're wiping everything. And I'm like, what is this? This is 14 and a half hours. And and I was sick at the time. So I'm now in a panic attack going, if I sniff once, they're gonna lose their mind. And and I like, I'm like stressing out. And it was and I ended up sleeping the whole like twelve hours of the flight. But yeah, I had to make sure I put myself to get to sleep. But Oh, for the two hours, this is what i tell you. So, the per- remember, this is a 14 and a half hour overnight flight. The person in front of the guy next to me put a seat back, as you do. You usually sleep in a bed. You want at least max comfort. He gets angry at the guy that puts his seat back. Little plain etiquette, if you don't know, more than two hours, seat's okay to be back. Less than two hours, keeps seat up. So, that's look at that. I'm t- giving you plain tips as well this morning. So, 14, and I'm like, I finally get off that plane, it was awful, I felt crammed and everything, and I'm like, okay, at least I've got another flight, this one will be better. Then, I get to my flight, and this lovely elderly couple are next to me, who um, are Indian, and um, I booked two window flights, What I forgot to mention, I... I stuffed up with Tiana and put her in the middle seat the whole time. But it made me think, because I was going three days later, I can book myself a window seat. So it worked out well for me, not so well for her. But I, I get there and they're like, um, we're already sitting in the window seat, so can you just take the aisle? And I, I, in my mind, just wanted to go, no. No, you I booked it. I planned. You didn't plan. But because they were nice and they were, I said yes, and I sat there. And But the issue was that wasn't that was just the start of the worst seven hours of my life. Constantly, they were just they were so rude. Everything like the person would be three rows in front, and they'd be like, "Where's my food?" I'd be like, "Well, she's clearly coming. She's three rows." Nope, I need it now. And they would st- start shouting at the air hostess, but then they didn't know English, so I had to interpret what they're saying. And it was it was a stressful, stressful time. I didn't get any sleep on that flight because I was be- and they kept bumping the air. As you can see, it's trauma um they kept bumping the air hostess thing and the, the air hostess would come think it's me and go why do you need me I go I didn't press it they pressed it and then they would pretend that they're asleep it was a little, little fun game that they would play um it was, a, it was terrible and I, I finally got to to London I saw the love of my life and it was great and I thought I'm never going to have any transit issues again then it came to Greece <laughs> Athens great place a lot of graffiti but great place And I'm telling you, we're going from Athens to a beautiful Greek island. Um, It was fantastic. But we get, it's a ferry. It's a four-hour ferry. I get on this ferry. It feels like I'm coming from the biggest natural disaster I've ever experienced because there is people lying on the floors. There are people, there is is a mass amount of people everywhere to the point where Tiana and I found a spot in the stairwell. A spot in the stairwell. We sat in a stairwell. And you know how you know it's bad? People were jealous of our spot. We're in a stairwell and people are going, dang, I wish I thought of that quicker. And that was, that was another. And I thought, it's all good. And then there was one last time. So we had to get a train from Italy to France, but it was five trains. And train two, there was an issue with the, with the I don't even know what, they didn't even tell me. Um, and it was, the train was half an hour delayed. And you see, half an hour is a long time when my next train was 20 minutes away. So I missed that train. So I'm now stuck in a random place that I have no, any idea, where, Genoa, Italy, which was just a weird place. And and I was like, what am I doing? And then, so I'm going, okay, I'll go to the front desk and see to this guy that's at a help desk. His job is to help people. But the thing was, he forgot that his job was to help people. <laughs> so he's telling me, he's going, yeah, I can get you to this next place, but I can't do anything after that. So I'm like, so you can't help me. I, I, was, I was a bit, I showed, I wasn't, I was a bit annoyed. Tia, I had to get Tiara to speak. I said, Tiara, you speak, I can't handle this. So, uh, <laughs> in front of him. Because he was, just remember, his job was to help people. And he wasn't being helpful. So, luckily, the person behind that, their job was just to mind their own business. But they decided to help me and say, There's a bus. So then I have to catch a bus and book a bus. So just a reminder, this person, not a job, not a job for her to help people, helps me. This person gets paid to help people, doesn't help me. So I'm, I'm not bitter, I'm not bitter. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm still, and they did, I asked for a refund and he said no. I said, you cancelled your train. Oh, it still gets me annoyed. <laughs> so and you see, in those transit moments, I'm not gonna lie, I was thinking, is the next destination really worth it? Is it really worth actually getting there? Is it going to be that nice? And every time I realized, yes, it was gonna be nice. Funniest thing was, I was going to Nice, France from Italy to so nice, Nice. That wasn't that funny, but that's okay. <laughs> I was completely questioning all my decisions because of how awful transit was. Genuinely, if I hear those th- four bells or whatever, dun, 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 I'm going to lose my mind. Um, but, but being in transit is never nice, and it always tests character and resilience. But once you are through it, you don't care, but it's, you have to actually get through it to reach the destination. And at the start of my message, I read a story about a time that a boy named David was anointed at king. But the issue was he wasn't just anointed king at that moment, goes to the palace, he's king. He had to wait, and he had to actually really face some hard challenges. And it wasn't like he was a boy and had to become a man, and that's about it. But to the point where pretty soon after he gets anointed as king, the soul goes, I like this guy, and asks him to play music. And I know you're like, that's not bad, but I'm like, think about it, you've been anointed at king, and then the king hires you to play him the harp. It's like, that's a, that's, that would be a bit challenging, wouldn't it? And you see, I wish that was the main and the worst thing that happened to David. But I can guarantee you, through that season of David's life, that would have been probably the best thing. I reckon he would have wished to be playing the harp for the king. See, David went through many different challenges in, this, in his transit season, becoming anointed as king. to king, that he definitely would have questioned, is this worth sticking through? And just like David had to go through a transit period, We all have to go through transit periods in our life. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter where you want to be. There are going to be transit periods in your life. And as much as I wish this wasn't the case, they're always challenging. They always make you question your patience. They always put you in positions where you're going, I'm not too sure if I can keep doing this every single time. And how you handle these situations or react in these seasons will honestly determine if you reach the destination. So you may be here this morning and you're currently in one of these transit seasons where you're wanting to get to one place but you're in this middle period where you're not able to get there. Or maybe you've had a season like this where whatever your situation is, I know that these seasons, these transit seasons I like to call them, are always going to come. It doesn't have to be a God-anointed thing. That's the, that's the thing. It's, it's everything. It could be a work opportunity. It's every single area in your life, maybe just even to get to the next step in your work. There is going to be things in your life that you, it transit seasons. Habakkuk 2 verse 3 says, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. That is why I love the story of David, as it shows the importance of waiting and how to handle situations in transit seasons that either feel out of control or blatantly just unfair. And today we are going to look through some of these things that we can learn from David and his story and how we can handle these transit seasons. And the one way David did this was David made the most of every opportunity. Some of you may be in this room and know the story of David and Goliath, where His David's um, nation's army played versus another army, but they had a giant who was quite scary and was just hurling abuse at them and they couldn't beat him. And you see, what happened was after time after time, David, a boy at the time, came through and realized that this was his opportunity to, to actually show and make the most of his opportunity, actually show, him, show people that he was anointed by God. So what David did is he got some slingshots, he got some stones, and he killed Goliath. They won the, the, they won the war, and everything was great. But the thing was, that was pretty much at the start of David's transit season. He was still living at his father's house. He was still pretty much a shepherd. So in a way, that was his first opportunity, as I said, to showcase who he was and the anointing that God had put in his life, which he did, and he did very well. But the thing is, it can be easy to do that at the start of a transit season. You're excited about what is to come. You're still wanting to prove yourself and show everyone what you were made of. So I look at that story and go, yes, David did, prove himself yes David did make the most of every opportunity but it was at the start of that reign and I do think that's easier but the great thing about David this is not the only story about how he made the most of every opportunity he just didn't just do it at the start and then was like okay now I've proven myself that's it that's all I need to do but he led many different teams into battle and the Bible even says he succeeded at everything he did but there is one story although a bit odd really tells me that David made the most of every opportunity. And the king at the time named Saul did not like David. He realized that David was anointed to take his role, he, and he, he was not a fan. But his daughter was a fan, as, as I read at the start. Beautiful eyes, handsome. So his daughter was very much a fan of David. And, Dave, and Saul realized this was the perfect opportunity to kill David so he, he set it out, and this is what it says in 1 Samuel eighteen twenty two to 27. Then Saul told his men to, to say to David, the king really likes you, and so do we. Why don't you accept the king's offer and become his son-in-law? When Saul's men said these things to David, he replied, how can a poor man from a humble family afford the bride price for the daughter of a king? When Saul's men reported this back to the king, he told them, Tell David that all I want for the bride price is a hundred Philistine foreskins. I did read that correctly. I didn't misread that. Vengeance on my enemies is all I really want. Who who says that? It's just odd. But what Saul had in mind was that David would be killed in the fight. David was delighted to accept the offer. Before the time limit expired, he and his men were, went out and killed 200 Philistines. Then David fulfilled the king's requirement by presenting all their foreskins to him. He, I, if it was me, I would have only chosen to, to the 100 if I had to. I'm not that interested in doing 200. Um, so, but David wanted to, he made the most of every opportunity. So then, then it goes, then David fulfilled the king's requirement by presenting all their foreskins to him. So Saul gave his daughter Michal... To David to be his wife. Although this is a pretty funny and very odd story and an instruction from stool, David was still able to make the most of this opportunity and deliver it on the request. Just like David showed, for us to be able to reach the goal, reach the promise of God in our lives, we need to be people that make the most of every opportunity given to us. As I said, it might, this might be easy the first and second time, an opportunity arises. But what happens if this lasts for years, this season that you're just doing the same thing lasts for years or or maybe even decades? Are you going to give up? Is your effort going to drop in tasks that at the start you would have dreamed of doing? Or maybe you're in one of those seasons currently and it feels like you've been doing the same thing for years, but over time where you started at a very high excellence and people would praise you, you've allowed that excellence to slowly drop and go away and now it's just you're doing a pretty average job and I ask these questions and raise this point because this is a common trend in people's lives God gives you a dream or a call or you have a dream or you want to go to the next step in your workplaces in your job or anything but it hasn't happened in your timing so your performance has dropped and where at the start you would never handle situations in a certain way now it's actually become your default you're not a bad person. I don't want to ever just make everybody leave this place feeling so just down about themselves or anything. Because it's, it's human nature. Discouragement, discouragement happens. But the people, but the thing, the major thing is, and what I want to say is, people, bosses, don't look at your past performance. They look at your current performance. So if you aren't doing the current task well, then you'll be in a transit season for a very long time. So don't let frustration and lack of patience get in the way of your dream or call that's on your life. David was in this season for years with a king that wanted to kill him. Imagine how frustrating that would have been. But he still made the most of every opportunity given to him, no matter what the task was. The Bible says, once again, he succeeded at everything he did. So I want to encourage you this morning. If you're in a transit season currently... Well, when you are in a transit season, because they're definitely going to come, look around and ask yourself, am I making the most of every opportunity given to me? Because that is what people will see. No no one (laughs) ever gets promoted or reaches their dream by doing an average job. No one ever does. You never reach your dream by just being average constantly throughout the way. And Galatians 6 verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And I truly believe the way that David was able to perform such a, at such a high level and make the most of every opportunity because David had a spirit of servanthood rather than entitlement. <laughs> Who here has met someone in their life that believe they're God's gift to the world? And that they will tell you they're God's gift to the world and tell you every single thing that they've done since they were two years old. The, yeah, once I, I went to the toilet at the age of one and a half, the average is two years So, um, I actually don't know what the average is, but (laughs) like, and and it's just annoying. You don't want to be around that person. You don't want to be around them that that you don't want to, you don't want to serve with them. You don't want to work with them. You just don't, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And I'm going to get a little bit vulnerable with you as a pastor's kid and my teenage years, I was a bit like this. I thought I ran the church. I, I did. I really did. And I sort of knew how to serve because Dad made me do lights. But the thing was, I would tell everybody that I was doing lights and I hate it. So I had no idea how I was serving. And I, I, and realistic, Pastor Joe helped me through this phase of life so much. Because he. what I realized eventually, nobody wants to serve with me. Nobody wants to be on a team with me. Nobody wants to actually, like, do something with me. Because I was just entitled. And, and I really thank Pastor Joe. And when I made that realization to actually Learn how to serve. Learn how to serve in areas where things may be, at top where I thought at the time, this is below me. I was going, no, nothing's below me. Like, not, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. How is something below me? So, like, this is what I want to say, is that don't be, always have a spirit of servanthood rather than entitlement. Because one of the main reasons I believe people don't make it past their transit season is a spirit of entitlement comes over them. That a job at the start that you were so willing to do and would dream of doing becomes a job that you you feel like you're above now. I've been doing this for too long. The funny thing is, is, a lot of the time you could be right. A lot of the time you could be above the task, but that doesn't mean anything. It's clearly God or your boss teaching you how to actually serve with a servant heart. If the task is there to do it, you need to do it with a servant and humble heart. As that is the position you've put in. Nobody gets anywhere with a spirit of entitlement. The Bible even says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I want to have grace. I want to be humble. And that is what David did. Despite the promises of who he was going to be, David remained humble. Despite all the times, him probably being above the task. Like you gotta think, he was anointed at king and he's He's spending a decade or so, a bit longer than a decade, just serving other kings. And, but he had a willingness to do whatever was required of him, no matter what it was. That is why he made the most of every opportunity. I know if he didn't have that servant at heart, he wouldn't have made it to where God had called him to be. This is so evident as when David was called to be king over Saul, but wasn't, instead of stomping his feet and going, I'm giving up, he continued to serve diligently. And 1 Samuel 27, 5 to 11 shows this. One day, David said to Achish, if it is all right with you, we would rather live in one of, our, one of the country towns instead of here in the royal city. So Achish gave him to the town of Ziklag and they lived there among the Philistines for a year and four months. That's big, a year and four months. When it, That's a long time, just one, and that's one part of his story. One day, um, David and his men spent their time raiding the Geshurites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites, people who had lived near Shur toward the land of Egypt since ancient times. David did not leave one person alive in the villages he attacked. He took sheep, goats, cattle, donkeys, camels, and clothing before returning home to see King Akish. Where did you make your raid today, Akish would ask. And David would reply against the south of Judah and the Jeremalites and the Kenites. No one was left alive to come to Gath and tell where they had really been. This happened again and again. While he was living among the Philistines, Akish believed David and thought to himself, by now the people of Israel must hate him bitterly. Now he'll have to stay here and serve me forever." David was called to be a king and after waiting many, many, many years and still continuing to prove to everybody that he was not worthy to be king, he finds himself in a position where he has to serve a completely another man's vision. Yes, the story says David continued to successfully raid countries for his leader at the time and does show that he was making the most of every opportunity. But the last verse shows me that he did it with the right attitude. Achish it says Akish believed David and thought to himself by now the people of Israel must hate him bitterly now he will have to stay here forever and serve me no leader ever wants someone to stay forever with a bad attitude it's just never the case and that is why i think that verse is so powerful because it shows us that that Achish and David's attitude must have been so good that he was okay with David staying and serving him forever Not just for the next six months, not just for the next year, but forever. He wanted and he loved that attitude so much. David had every right to have a bad attitude or a spirit of entitlement. He wasn't even close to being in his calling. Although instead of having that attitude, he made a decision that he would serve wherever he is. When in a transit season, no matter how long it is, Never lose your heart to serve. Never think you're above the task because God is using that season to help you be ready for what you're actually, he's calling you to do or what your next step is. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come into repentance. See, David was able to make the most of every opportunity and keep that servanthood heart because he trusted God and left it in God's hands. 1 Samuel 26, 5 to 11. David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to look around. Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army, were sleeping inside a ring formed by the slumbering warriors. Who will volunteer to go in there with me? David asked Amalek, the, the Hittite and Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother. I'll go with you, Abishai replied. So David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep, with his spear struck in the, stuck in the ground beside his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying asleep around him. God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time, Abishai whispered. To David, let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of a spear, I won't need a strike twice. No, David said, don't kill him, for who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday, or he will die of old age or in battle. The Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed, but take his spear and the jug of water beside his head, And then let's get out of here. This was one of two times. One of two times that David had the opportunity to kill Saul. One of two times that that he could have become king, that he had the opportunity to become king, to become and anoint that call. But David realized that that would be putting things into his own hands. And the thing is, in a transit season, they always last longer than you think they're going to last you always think that you're, you always have a patience for this amount of time, but they always go this amount of time. It's because this amount of time is the one that, that, that your heart is being worked on. And in that season, what I encourage you and what David didn't, what David made sure not to do is don't scheme, don't plan, don't talk to this person. It's so easy to, to make a phone call and go, hey, I'm thinking about this. It's so easy to do this. And there is times where, where God does want you to move forward, but, but make sure it's with the right heart. Can I please have the band up? Make sure it is with the right heart. Do you see, God's way, God's promise is the right way. And yes, you may be able to apply for that job and move quicker, but but I can guarantee you it won't be as full, it won't be as good as what it could be. And it's not easy at times it is, gets very frustrating, but it is worth it. God's timing is always right. David is a great example of this, as he did end up becoming king and was king for 40 years. And do you know what he was known for as king? Building a small empire, including conquering Jerusalem. So I can't help but wonder if all the battles he had faced, all the men he had led into war, and, and into the battle was God preparing him for his biggest task. And without those battles, without that transit season, if he would have been able to achieve what God had for him when he was king. God always uses your transit seasons to prepare you for what is in store when you reach the destination. And you may be here this morning, and you may be like, Jack, I, I'm very content with where I am. I may be here and, and I, I'm happy to be. But, but you know, deep down, if you look at yourself, maybe as a young adult, you had great dreams. You look back, maybe even five years ago, you had great plans, but you've allowed yourself to become content because you've allowed yourself to be, to accept and not get past that transit season. And maybe God even, there was a prophecy over your life and God was really telling you to go this way, but, but you couldn't make it past that transit season. I want to encourage you this morning, It doesn't have to be over. No matter what age, what stage of life you are in, it doesn't have to be over. But the thing is you need to give it to God because God will make the right path. God will do the the things and put into place what needs to be put into place. Or maybe you're in this room this morning and you're currently going through a transit season and you have found yourself not making the most of each opportunity or you found yourself with the spirit of entitlement, which has caused you not to make the most of opportunity. And because of that, you're now just trying to scheme and plan and just do everything in your own power, but nothing's opening up. You've got to give it to God. You've got to give your dream. You've got to give your, your plan. You've got to give that, that promotion. You've got to give that next step where you want to be to God. And, and later this morning, we'll be opening up the altar, and me and the pastoral team would love to pray with you. And believe that God will put, start to put direction into that dream. That Believe that God will pinpoint things in your heart that you need to change. Things in your heart that you've allowed to become a thing but God never wanted it to be a thing in your life. And maybe you're in this room this morning and you actually don't have a dream. Or the dream you have just seems so abnormal and crazy and you've compressed it. I want to encourage you this morning that if you stay diligent, if you stay humble, anything is impossible through God and I would love to pray with you if that is you this morning and believe that 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 things are going that direction is going to be, take place that vision is going to come that 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 things are going to start being in motion if you're in one of these groups this morning can I please have everybody stand actually if you are in one of these groups this morning we're, the band is going to play a song but I really want to give people an opportunity to to give their transit season to God. Whatever it may be, whatever it may may, is, if you're in one of those three groups this morning, I really believe that when you give it to God, things that you've been trying for years and years and years and nothing's occurring because you've been doing in your own strength will just start to change. Something will shift this week. A boss will talk to you. A family member will talk to you. Something will happen. But the thing is you need to give it to God. And I really believe that it's been like people have been like chained up. They have this dream. They have this, this place that they want to be, and it, but you've just been chained up for years and, and it feels like it's never going to happen. I really believe that encouragement is actually going to come to those dreams, that God's voice is going to come into those dreams, that 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 you that things will shift, that um, ch- those chains will be unbuckled in your life so that you can actually move forward. But the thing is, it only comes through God. So yes, you may have to be bold to come to the front. Yes, it may be a bit awkward, but I can tell you right now, things will shift when you give it to God. David became king and was king for 40 years and he had two opportunities much earlier to become king but he left it in God's hands and he was known as one of the most successful kings they've ever had. So right now this morning, the band is going to sing a song. And if that is you, me and the pastoral team would love to pray with you and believe. But I'm just going to pray before that. Holy Spirit, I pray, open up our hearts, Lord. Lord, give us the confidence, Lord, to to come and give our our dreams. Come and give our seasons to you, Lord. And Lord, we pray, Lord, open it up in our hearts. Lord, change where we need to change, Lord. Change what we need, our heart issues. Change our direction. Change, Lord, just open ourselves up to hearing your voice this morning. Lord, we pray that for that in your name. Amen. If that is you, please come to the front. The band is going to sing a song and we would love to pray with you. Thank you.